0: All right. Leafs loose again. It's Leafs Talk. I'm J.D. Bunkus. Uh, it's Justin Bourne. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. Back on YouTube on Sunday for a live stream. This is now on Sportsnet. Now, um, Bourne, uh, I- I'm just going to start with this. Are the Leafs a good hockey team?
1: That is a very general place to start. So, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah I still think they are. Okay. I do. But, you know,
1: I feel like... Um, like there's some great marathoners who like sometimes have like, uh, their hearts give out and they need a defibrillator, but like, it doesn't mean they aren't good marathoners just cause they have to get their hearts shocked once in a while. I would
0: argue they would be bad marathoners <laughs> yeah. if they need to have defibrillators on the regular, but yeah. I, okay. I just
1: feel like there's good players here and it's a good team. And I think truly there's like the bones of something good. It's just... God, there is just no soul, no drive, passion, heart, whatever it is. Like, I don't know, if it's not working for them, mm-hmm. it just they kind of go about their business till the game ends, and that kills me to watch.
0: I just um I can't say anymore with any certainty that they're a good hockey team. I just yeah. think that they're okay, but if their top players play the way that they have for a lot of the season, then how are they good? Like they had Eric Schalgren in at the other night. Samsonov is fine, right? He's been fine. He's been probably their best player. Him and Tavares have been their two guys yeah, that he's have played well. outright good, who, I would say. Who else could you say than Samsonov and Tavares has been, like you just said, outright good this year?
1: I know you're setting me up for the answer. You, you know I got my back
0: pocket. David Camp. Yeah, you're Sorry. right. My boy. <laughs> <laughs> my sweet boy, Camp has been good. That's it. it. Is, like, those are the it guys. It is
1: truly sad. Like, I think Nylander's been fine. You know, he hasn't been, Mm -hmm. like, offensively, like, putting up huge numbers or anything, but I like his hustle. He's there every night. I see him. Uh, Camp, good. I like Sandine for two periods, so the third period where he was beyond bad. I I don't know. Let's let's just take this to where this is going, is Mm -hmm. you know, the team is built that four superstars have to be superstars for it to work. That's the salary structure. That's the game plan. That's everything. Matthews and Marner, not scoring. And Les, Marner, what's up with Austin Matthews?
0: So I guess the Leafs are going to be a good hockey team if Austin Matthews plays like Austin Matthews can. And Austin Matthews has during his entire tenure as a Maple Leaf. I can't figure out what's happening here. And, And I mentioned this on last Leafs talk to Sam where I went, to me, the biggest problem right now is that you don't have Matthews setting the tone. Like yeah. every single game, this guy should be kind of coming out a little bit with uh, some more. T- I, I hate using buzzwords like this, but it really does feel this way. like a little bit more effort, a little bit more tenacity, a little bit more nastiness. He's he's a guy that over the last couple of years, what have we said? Oh, he's really grown as a 200 foot player. Wow. When he plays with just a little bit more edge, he can be just yeah. really dangerous. Do you feel like Matthews is, like, turning guys over on the regular like he don't normally does? Like, does he seem as engaged in the no. game as he normally does? That turnover on the power play, two penalties tonight. Like, it's the first time he's done it in his career. And it's because I, I just genuinely feel like he's not moving his feet at times. Yeah. And it's it's really hard to watch. So
1: I don't ever want you to think that I'm not paying attention if I, like, look at my phone or whatever. But I always have questions about stats and stuff like that. And one of the things that came up – so. A number of things i was actually looking for some text. a guy sent me who uh he's on a staff in the nhl who basically said that you know apathy was what killed babcock here in toronto apathy from the stars from the main guys who are kind of like i don't know whatever you know like well we're we're gonna be here we need so- someone else needs to do something to jump start this thing and I've heard... I don't know if you saw my tweet tonight that I would be doing this with you. There's like six people who are like, fire the coach in response to that. You know, so, you know, the I guess what I'm saying is like, is it a quitting on the coach thing? The other thing I was thinking of when you were talking is, I'd like to see his weight year over year. Like, I remember last season coming into the year, I was just like, oh, he's fast now. Like, he was always big, but look at him get through the, the neutral zone. I haven't thought that once this season. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but... Listen, it even strength so far this year, Austin Matthews I think has four points in nine games. One goal and three assists in nine games yeah. as the two time Rocket winner. Like
0: I don't, like, what is that? I, I don't know what that is. I like honestly, and it's it's hard not to put things like that onto him, right? Apathy, like using a word like that, lack of engagement, lack of focus, lack of care, lack of heart, all the buzzwords that a lot of people hate. I don't know what else you're supposed to say. Like, he doesn't look hurt. And no. they they kind of... A couple of the broadcasts kept pointing out the cross-check that he got. Uh, who was it? Shifley cross-checked him? Jamie right? Ben. Yeah, Jamie Ben. That's who it was. And it was a big old fella that yeah. gave him a bit of a touch, and people reacted. You know what was much harder than that Jamie Ben cross-check? Was Mitch Marner getting driven into the boards. Not to say that that can't, like, hurt him. I just... I have a tough time believing that that's hampering Matthews in some kind of way. I, I just genuinely wonder when I look at that bench, if those guys are having fun and it kind of reminds me a little bit of, and this is a cross sport comparison of, do you remember the bubble for the Raptors afterwards? Like Pascal Siakam was talking about how he just didn't have fun. That was his big quote. I didn't have fun and I wasn't having fun as a player and it really impacted me. And I'm going, I kind of get that vibe from the Leafs right now. They just don't look like a team that's having fun. And I think just like any job, it's harder to go to work and it's harder to perform if you don't feel like you're having a good time. I I just read that too about Lowry in Miami. Now
1: he doesn't look like the same joyful player that he was here in Toronto and it affects sort of the output. Yeah. There's definitely some of that that's missing. And, you know, let's say it's not, you know, wanting the coach fired or it's not being heavy, but it's just having been in this, on this team and in this market and in the same situation for six years in a row, same core, Yep. Same song and dance about the first round. You can't get through it. Regular season, Ba. Blah, blah, blah. It's just the same thing. Like, how would you get up? I, I honestly, I don't really blame him if it is that. What is new and different and fresh? The, the only criticisms there for me are, I watched Connor McDavid. I understand he's had, had more or he's had more success in the postseason, yep. but that is the, the comparison for him as guys yep. like McDavid, right? He won the Hart Trophy over McDavid last year. Yep. McDavid doesn't have stretches where he does isn't engaged he sees like the the weak teams and he lights them up he wants to go get a seven point night i don't see that for matthews and i wonder if some of that is a everything i just said and b having accomplished the personal things last year 60 goals and heart trophy and all that like there's less individual drive and then i, I have one more that. thing but i feel like i'm going on a long more a lot a lot of time No, here. well
0: i want i want you to say the other thing all i was going to say in there is that I I think that that's what playoff success does, though, is a guy like and that's why keeping everything stagnant really hurts you. And that's the part of it that um, I'm going to do one more basketball comparison that like Daryl Morey has continued to talk about where, hey, chemistry actually does matter with a team because it can manifest itself like well beyond the analytics. And and that's what I see about having success in the postseason is McDavid got a taste last year and he went, oh, my God, I've got to show up this year and I just want to get back to that place. What does Austin Matthews know other than disappointment? He's had regular season success. He's already been celebrated as much as possible with that. How is he supposed to stay engaged in the same way through this regular season? Knowing like, okay, I don't know. I would feel like a little bit of dread. I would feel a little bit of annoyance. And like, you're looking at the lineup and it's once again, a bottom six of guys that every night you have to carry the team offensively and go, if it's not us, then is it really going to be Callie Yarnkroc again? Like, is it going to be Kubel? Like, who's helping – is it going to be the six minutes or seven minutes of Wayne Simmons we got to get tonight? Like, yeah. I, I think yeah, you're, that you're the ox plow the field with bit. everyone yeah, behind you. Yeah, every for night. Sure. Every <laughs> night. It's got to be a little exhausting. Excuse
1: me. Yes. Don't no, it does. It does have – I'll stay alive. It does have to be exhausting. The other thing is the last few games, it's been the first time that I've looked at Matthews and thought, you know this team, how they – struggle to get up for weaker opponents. And then they rise against like the great teams and there's this up and down. And I've often been like, "Yeah, it's William Nylander, isn't it? It's whatever. For the first time, I'm like, is it Matthews? Like, is this the guy that they need or that they're following that his energy is kind of dictating the direction they go uh, in some of those games? So just a frustrating run of time where you start to lose a little bit of faith as a Leaf fan that like, I don't know, like he's supposed to be the ox pulling the card as JD and I were mentioning. So um, a little bit more eyeballs on him. But the other thing is, what do you do about this? You know, like what is the solution that the Leafs have Everyone talking about firing the coach? You know, does that not just put you right back where the Vancouver Canucks are with Bruce Boudreaux and, you know, they have the same issues as a team that they had when Travis green was there. And if you fire this guy, you're going to have the same issues again, because frankly, Travis Green was a good coach. I think Sheldon Keefe is a good coach too. I think you end up with the same issues regardless of what guy you have back there. I don't think Barry Trotz is going to come in there and change them in some significant way.
0: I don't know what else you can change about this team other than the coach. And I think that what we've said about the stagnation of the group, that you're not going to get a lift from Austin Matthews in season. You're not going to get a lift from Mitch Marner with the same... You keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same results. And so I'm going, What what is too many games here to tolerate? You're just going to let them... The Leafs already did this one season. They did it the year with Sheldon Keefe, and it was early on, it was fine. It was the year that they ended up losing to Columbus, right? Remember them walking to the trade deadline and they lose to uh, Carolina, and it's just disastrous, right? It's a yeah. disaster. It's a nightmare season. I just don't think that if you're Kyle Dubas and you are pressed with this core to show results that you can walk into, like, the 20-25 game mark with this much dread hanging over the team. you got to shake something up. The market is spicy right now. The fans are as mad as they've ever been. No one's happy with this team. The players are joyless. Like, something has to change. And I, and to your point about, hey, if you change a couple guys in the bottom six, you know, you like you make a good point constantly about how they're not going to become a heavier team overnight just because of the complexion of the bottom six or the fourth line. I don't think that you're going to change the complexion of that dressing room without something drastic. You trade Pierre Engvall or you move Justin I, yeah, Hall off the team. What's that going to really do? I think Sheldon Keefe is a good coach. I just think that his energy, uh, what he has brought to this team, his messaging, it just appears to have run dry. I don't see a guy that communicates with his guys on the bench or gets them picked up. or He seems to be preaching the same things over and over and over again. And yeah. they're just not doing it. And we can say that it didn't work with Babcock either, but I just I'm at the point where you go... You got to try something. And this was my big fear of bringing him back in the first place.
1: Yeah, you got to try something, but I I also think that like let's say the playoffs were in a week or two, you know, do you think you're going to get this same level of competitiveness, engagement from Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander? Like truly I feel like a coach in the short term would make them better in the short term for sure. I definitely think you would get a little bit of a, I mentioned the defibrillator. You'd give a little shock. That's what that is. You're right.
0: That's the defibrillator.
1: It is. And then, so you get a little shock and you get a little better, but you know, I don't know that your team's better when you get to playoffs and all everyone's telling me is playoffs are all that matters. Mm -hmm. And I really just feel right now. It's like, how do you use the defibrillator without firing someone or trading a core player or, you know, you publicly bench Austin Matthews
0: no, you, no uh, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. You you publicly bench Austin Matthews. Here's here's what I think we know pretty definitively about the core players is that they don't really seem to love public criticism. Okay? No, like it seems it seems pretty clear that we are very very sure that that yeah. is not the move with those guys. Um to me But who cares? Have, you can this have your cake and thing. eat it too. Who cares you're the coach? Yeah. Who cares they're upset? You feel like,
1: we're talking about is he going to get fired if they lose to Anaheim? Well, go ahead if you believe that Mitch Marner, or Austin Matthews is dogging it or can do better. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but this a, is it. It's a big card this to play, but me. it's a card.
0: It's I, I just I am looking at this going. Sheldon Keith already had to walk back comments this year, so what's he gonna do now? He's gonna go to the media like th- you this see, he is he why good I- enough. He has four regular season points at even strength. Yeah, but that's it. What what Sheldon Keith gonna do now? So let's say they dog it against Anaheim and he just tears in them. He decides to use one of his bullets, right? Because yeah. Sheldon said after the loss to Montreal, you can't use your bullets uh, too often. Year he decides, you know what? It's time. I accidentally shot myself in the own foot with a bullet, <laughs> but now I'm <laughs> aiming this bullet at somebody and I'm trying to target them if they lose the Ducks. Yeah. What what then? You create another controversy where people go and they're talking about the coach. Who and cares? you don't getting fired anyway. Yeah, well, then fine. Then speak honestly when you have your media job afterwards. Like that's what you can do. I just, I just don't see any other way. If they continue to look this way, It's just—I don't think you can publicly bench Matthews. They—they've already tried. Like, look, man, we haven't it's even not talked even about a real the real suggestion line of
1: mine necessarily. Yeah, just, I know.
0: Is—is is there another way to go? Like, well, dude, I was just gonna say, Sheldon's already doing the like shuffle the lines thing into crazy combination. Robertson and Simmons, who knows what it could be? Yarncroft back at center. Who knows what it could be? I, it could be. I, Bunting driving his own line. Who knows what it could be? It's it's just a desperate man. He's, Truly he's throwing
1: things at the wall now to see what sticks. I defend Sheldon a bit as someone who worked with him, but the worst line he's assembled as a Toronto Maple Leafs head coach oh was Robertson, Yarncroft, Simmons. What
0: is that so supposed to be? I don't, I have no idea what, what that game state. Is. Do you want that going over the boards at? Well, none, because he didn't play them. <laughs> He's like, legit played like put them together, six minutes. To not play them. Uh, so that You're was a weird one. nine or 10. I, I know it just sounds so lame. It really does, but it, I'm, I'm going to keep coming back to it. I feel the same way watching it. I watch a ton of sports and I watch a ton of different leagues. And this reminds me so much of the Charlie Montoya thing. It's scary. Like they're on the West coast. They did not look like a team that was maturing. They looked like a team that was flat. They knew that their boss, their bench boss, their coach was in the hot seat, and they didn't that, respond for them.
1: That's where Babs got fired too, right? They were yeah. in Colorado or Vegas or something.
0: It just that's, That is, to me, the sign of a team quitting on a coach. This isn't just like the snake bit Maple Leafs who are not able to get lucky. They're getting lead by bad teams. No, they're getting routinely outplayed by teams that aren't supposed to be as talented as them. Night yeah. in, night out. For the first 10 games of the season, how many of these games can you say the Leafs outplayed their opponent drastically for, like, the entire 60? Not just, like, a period here or there.
1: Yeah, no, so I was just pulling up the uh, sport logically post-game stats. Like, last year, even when they didn't win, they would out-possession teams by a mile or, you know, out-slot shot, out-scoring chance. Nothing slot shot, 7-7, off the cycle, 5-5, off the rush, 2-2. You know, even offensive zone time. There's no way to look at that game and go, ah, but you could see it from the Leafs. Like, I can no. see it because I know their players and what they can do. I've been watching yep. this team long enough to know what Matthews is, but they're not playing like a team was anything. That decor, man, I mean, I don't know where you want to go next, but the decor is struggle fest. Dude, this
0: this is uh, where I was going to go next is that the 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 hope is supposed to be that Justin, or sorry, that Justin Hall gets replaced by Timothy Lilligren. A guy who Justin Hall replaced in the postseason last year. Like, yeah, okay, I guess I can say I, Justin Hall's not supposed to be playing this many minutes in this big of a role, but is Timothy Lilligren, like, maybe yeah. he's better, but is he, like, That's you're not a up, big fingers crossed Gowdy this year prime for the Leafs. Oh, right. I, I'm just saying that it just seems like people have brought this up and how, well, they're going to get healthy on the blue line. Are they? Like, are they ever going to get Muzzin back? Do we know what his future is going to hold? Do we know what Lilligren is? Do we Tell know... me you know
1: one of you fans out there is going, Jordy Ben will be back soon.
0: That, that I, can... I've always been on it. And it's like, yeah, great, Jordy Ben. You know, a guy who is truly a seventh defenseman now in the NHL. I That's why I started this with, I just, at the question about, is this a good hockey team? Because right now, like I said, their backup goaltender is Eric Schalgren. Their blue line is littered with Justin Hall and had a guy named crawl in there tonight who I actually kind of liked in the preseason. I was excited to see him play, but didn't notice him, which I think is a good thing tonight. He like, on I, a
1: couple of penalty kills. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. He was all right. So crawl fine. Um, no, but not fine. Not a part of the plan. Sure. But that's, that's what I mean. It's like their, their blue line is beat up, banged up and they're leaning pretty heavily on guys like Mark Giordano, who are 40. Gio <laughs> like, looks a hundred and Sandine like, looks 12. So yeah,
1: I don't <laughs> yeah. know, that, that Sandine one, the, the turnover for the goal, like, yeah. I text you, AHL play. Like, yeah, just not bad. having any sense where pressure should be or could be coming from on that play.
0: Yep, and then you've got a forward I do group. like him
1: on the power play, by the way, but...
0: Yeah, I do. I like him on the power play, too. It's like Mete. When he's going north, it's great. When he's going south, you cringe. You go, oh, no. And and I think that Sandine is better in his own end, and he's won some puck battles behind his own net, and he's done a couple things where I go, oh, this is all right, but... For the most part, he's not been a guy that I go, oh, this is going to be the year for you. You're going to have a massive breakout this year. There's still flaws. And like, anyway, to close the point, it's just like they have a bottom six that they're changing up every one of these six guys and nobody really notices except for Alex Kerfoot and sometimes Yarncroft looks okay. Like, that's it. That's your bottom six. Alex Kerfoot needs to be there and sometimes Yarncroft is okay. And Camp, it takes tons of D-zone face-offs. And he's the king of the bottom six. Like Yeah, that's Alex you Kerfoot,
1: you say, needs to be in your bottom six, except he's your yeah. runaway best left winger. Runaway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Bunting
1: just... Robertson like it's Kerfoot is the best yeah. there.
0: I don't know. I don't know what they do. Anyway, yeah, I just, I think that what? what sucks too is that every time they lose this way, we have to have these referendums on the team. And it's just becoming so exhausting with the Leafs. Like, I'd like to yeah. just talk about these games for what they are at times. And not this whole like what does it mean for the coach? The, yeah. Yeah. And and like I said, I, I like I don't want to be doing the coach conversation. I hate blaming coaches. It's the number one thing I hate to do in sports because I just think it's such a lame ass cop out. And I don't believe, like you I don't believe Sheldon Keefe is a bad coach. I just don't. And yeah. I think that, but if Barry Trotz is out there. Like you said, does it make you better for the playoffs? I think he could. I think that if you brought Barry Trotz in there, you zagged back to the original thing, you gave him a shot, you find out. Trotz, yeah. Yeah. You're not replacing, you're not saying like Manny Malhotra take over the bench. Like you're not doing the Peter Horchuk thing like that they did that one year where they go, hey, it's a lame duck guy that might, is fighting for the job. It's like, no, the guy you're bringing in here, you're saying is the guy here for five years. The thing I just want to see from these guys is like, how badly do you want to be Toronto Maple Leafs and how badly do you care? Like just at some point, there's yeah. got to be a string of games that are consistent, and that's why I'm putting a lot on the Anaheim game. You, you lost to Arizona, man. Like you lost to Arizona. Montreal They've lost three the straight whole games. opener. Yeah, San like, Jose was the worst team in the league when you played them.
1: The yeah. Kings give up the most goals in the NHL uh, going Couldn't into score. this game. Couldn't score. Yeah.
0: Couldn't even generate a ton of chances. Like got outshot. Like I just don't know how else you. Don't at least consider this lever. At least it's getting pulled closer and closer. And now it's a back-to-back. You know what you it is, though? I think sure the player. Net with the, who was a net when the game Babcock essentially got fired against uh, Pittsburgh? The parallel here might be because it was oh, a backup. Kaskisuo. Yeah, Kaskasuo, Calgren <laughs> and Kaskasuo. These are the two guys that are going to determine if the If
1: Malkin came out and threw one at uh, Kasky's glove and just went, nah, big
0: leagues. Poor Suo. Anyway, yeah. you got anything else? Because, like, I, yeah, I'm no. done. Yeah, great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can go down the list and be like, "Eh, yeah, the King's blue lines.
0: I I got a couple of things too, but it just they're just not. It's like, what am I supposed to do here? We talked about the main things. It's like the constant line juggling, whether or not the Leafs are good, what happens with Sheldon, and... How do they get a jolt? And how do they get the Austin Matthews piece of this figured out? Anyway, this is Leafs Talk. Subscribe and remember to the podcast. We'll be back on YouTube on Sunday, and Borny back with us again on Wednesday after the Flyers game. And it it will be
1: fairly regular. See you then.